everybody. Welcome back to Kyle's Communist Book Club. It is Saturday, June 11th. I'm sitting down here. The universe is trying everything in its way to stop me. <laughs> I just literally had some of my audio equipment just fall off of my desk randomly. And I said, you know what? I'm pressing record either way. <laughs> We're just going to move right past that. And all those pieces can dangle until it is their time. Welcome, everybody. We are diving into the concept of community networking today, something my community has brought up. Uh, for those that are unaware or just tuning back into the podcast, Kyle's Communist Book Club is taking a bit of a different shape. In the past, this was more of a show dedicated towards reading books, describing communism, not even focusing over, we were dancing around theory. I, I, I'm not the biggest theory person. However, I strongly advocate that we begin adopting it in larger ways. What's theory? Well, we're talking communist theory. Theory of evolving our society from a capitalist state through socialism and into communism. Theory is very important because without it, people find themselves rather aimlessly floating around. It's a lot of angst against the man, if you will, the, the establishment. And that doesn't go very, very far. It doesn't give people the tools. It can lead to sort of anarchist uprisings, but... In a day and age where we've got such a galvanized and unified fascist front, and I'm speaking in this case to the American GOP or Republican Party, we've got this group that is very theocratic, very organized, very militia-focused, you're funded. Uh, what, what else can I say? They, they have a strong vanguard party of their own. We need that as leftists. We need to start adopting theory. We need to start building vanguard parties, groups that are somewhat educated in communism and the theory behind it, those that can relate to the working class and speak with them to start having these conversations. You might follow a couple of these people online already. I know I've seen them uh, on Instagram, on Twitter. There are folks, I'm trying to think of a, a meme off the top of my head, but there is a guy who, uh, I remember his quote was something like, I love to wear flannel and go to overly masculine places like gun ranges and tobacco stores. And I, when I get in there, I start talking about politics. I start talking about uh, traditionally Republican politics. And as I'm talking, I start throwing in socialist ideas. And they all follow along. Because at the end of the day, many people that vote Republican are actually socialists, just very misguided. And so I, I, I'm kind of riffing off of that man's idea. And if I could find that post, I know I never will. If anyone out there knows what I'm talking about, feel free to send that to me. I'll share it out on social media. But the idea being many Republican folks desperately want socialism. They're just really afraid of the S word because of a lot of American propaganda. We spent a lot of time and a lot of money through our own red scares over here from McCarthyism and beyond. And we can go into these subjects in further detail in the future if that interests people. I highly recommend looking up McCarthyism, though. That is, I think, one of the greatest stains in American history. That is blackballing gay people out of Hollywood. It is uh, destroying many people's careers. It is much more than that. It's, it's much bigger and much more insidious. But the idea of blackballing people uh, ruining their lives all because of the idea that they might have been communists. But again, it really targeted homosexuals in the government. Uh, it was a very big purge in America. And it's really hypocritical because that's one of our largest things to, to say against the Soviet Union. It's like, look at the look at the, quote, red terror that Stalin had and getting rid of all these people while ignoring the fact that we did very, very similar, very similar things over here. Very scary very historical, 
It's in your textbooks in school. It's not, you know, some random thing. McCarthyism, really big, really impactful. And I think it's something for people around the world uh, to look up. Whether you yourself are American or not, it's, it's good to get a grasp of McCarthyism. I truly believe that, first of all, most Americans are unfamiliar with what McCarthyism is. A, kind of a Maybe we should spend some time on that right now to say it's a, a policy, a sweeping attack on communists led by Senator Joseph McCarthy. I should probably pull up the date here on the side. Let's do it. Here we go. It generally says that uh, Senator Joseph McCarthy in the period of 1950 to 1954 accused many people and blacklisted them so that they lost their jobs, uh, claiming that they were communists or related to the Communist Party, although many of them, in fact, did not belong to the Communist Party. There's so much great information about the Red Scare about McCarthyism. I will not be doing the subject justice to, to just give you an overview right now. Uh, I will look, though. I've watched some interesting things on the topic not long ago. I shared it with a Russian friend of mine uh, a couple months back to give an idea. Uh, again, I think this is so important for people to understand McCarthyism, to explore the Red Scare. Its lasting effects really are clear in society. I... <laughs> The, the concept being that we're accusing people of, sub, of subversion and treason. Subversion and treason. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, those are hefty charges. When we're leveling those against people at random in the past because of supposed ties and supposed uh, homosexual activity, I really think it's created a harmful, prolonged issue in our society, something that's tearing at the thread of American society. We demonize and vilify any men who show affection or affinity for one another. Proximity. I mean, it's such a, we live in such a world where men can't even hug anymore. And maybe that's gotten a little bit better or changed. I don't know. I remember in the 2010s, it was very popular that men couldn't even like uh, give a bro hug <laughs> without it being like, oh, you're gay. And I think that that kind of gross fear of proximity and and affection, it really furthers this tribalism, this othering of people. So I didn't really mean to make this episode go down this this like specifically gay rabbit hole in any means, and it's not going to wind up there in the, the end. What I'm trying to say is, McCarthyism created this extreme fear because people's personal lives were being debated in court very openly. And it isn't the first time that's happened, but it is a big time that it happened. People were removed from Hollywood. Um, so, you know, people that were famous actors and such got blackballed. Like this really affected people and was all over the media. It was such a big thing. I'm certain it put communists and, you know, LGBT people, many other folks, right back into their respective closets at the time, putting them away from the stage because absolute fear of being brought out, destroyed. I'm sorry if I'm kind of saying the same words over and over again, but it's such a basic concept, what McCarthyism is and what it did, yet it's forgotten about and it's ignored. So it's still festering today. And I guess that's the quick part of this is that I want to bring the idea of McCarthyism forward. That can be today's homework. But I want to get back to these community networks, too. I want to talk a little bit about this. This is going to be sort of a scattered episode, as you're already starting to see. I'll keep it a little bit shorter today, too, just because, well, I mean, I don't know where we're going. 
But the idea of these community networks is we need to create our own force to push back against these ideologies. We need to start learning our history. Because without learning how communism has been attacked, how socialism has been attacked in the past, we're getting a little bit of a false narrative of what it is today. I think many people just assume that the GOP is some highly, we talked about them being organized and all of that a minute ago, but I think they assume that it's this entrenched entity that we can never get rid of. That's sort of how it presents itself. I am seeing this sort of around the world, too. That's one of authoritarian government's strongest traits is this idea that we've always been here and we're not going anywhere. So don't try and push us out. Uh, that's false. I mean, very little of this has been around <laughs> for very long. The GOP has changed its appearance over the years. Uh, the ideas, these these dark ideas against races, these horrible ideas against genders and orientations, that has been around. They carry that through, regardless of the party name. That's what we're fighting against, right? We're not exclusively fighting against the term Republican or GOP. We're fighting against the ideologies that they choose to adopt every day, the ide ideologies they choose to live and project. It's funny, they always claim that we're the ones propagandizing, yet who is the one that actually projects the most falsehood? I mean, people of color exist. Gay people exist. All of these groups that they're so set to destroy naturally exist. What doesn't naturally exist is this stoked, xenophobic, bigoted hatred. A lot of it, not to attack my religious folks out there, but a lot of it is exclusively or majority amplified by religious institutions. That, again, is the crux of our problem today. We have so many evangelical, aggressive Christian groups in this country trying to wage an actual militant war. Community networks. These churches, these institutions serve as community networks. People attend on a fairly weekly basis, maybe, and when they're there, they get a download on how much fear they should have. And your church, if you're someone that's out there, hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast and you're going to a church, I'm guessing it's radically different than this, or I'm assuming you're in there trying to radically reform it. Not every religious institution is going to be dark and scary, but we're talking about the ones that are. And we're talking about the ones that pilfer off of their congregations too. Let's not separate these two issues. Churches in America are not taxed, but they tithe from their audience, their, their viewers, their, you know, who, their congregation, their people in attendance. Sometimes those tithes can be as high as 10% or more of a person's annual salary. For what? For the vague promise of going to a happy afterlife, the warm and fuzzy feelings that it's okay to hate your neighbor, the um, some of those phrases about like, mess with our flock, get the Glock. So a license to kill is maybe what they're searching for. I, I, I don't know. We've got to figure out a way to start going after these groups. We cannot allow humans to just say, God says, so we should kill. Unacceptable. It goes against human nature to do that. Killing one another, maybe you could say that in itself is human nature. But amplifying that hatred, targeting that hatred, using it to go after groups, specific targeted marginalized groups, it's all just hatred. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's intentional fascist ideologies. And we're seeing so much of that come to the forefront. Uh, this is a sort of a little bit of a rage episode, but it's hard right now to find any peace at this moment. I'm just kind of rambling this all off the cuff today. But I was watching a, a YouTube channel, Bo, the fifth column, I think. Many people out there are likely know Bo. Really great content. I was watching his on these community networks, and it really got me thinking. We've been saying these churches serve as them. They serve as, as groups that spread information amongst their congregation. They stoke fears. They amplify fear. They target marginalized groups. So what can we do in return? Our own community networks. A friend sent me Bo's video the other day. I'll, I'll link that one in the uh, description. I think it's a really good one for people to watch. In the video, he talks about his own network that they've created. People that are interested in pushing a leftist socialist cause. I, I, I should probably not speak exactly to what his ideology is. I, pardon me, I'm not super in the know about his political stance or what he might label himself. But their policies, they're, they're, I'm sorry, the interests that they show on the show are very progressive. Very much things that I align myself with, uh, at least so far. It, it very much seems that way. Fairly new. So yeah. I think that we should be preparing these groups. If we're not already, it will be too late. There is no revolution waiting in the wings to come and save us. It's one of the biggest and most important things uh, I think I've discovered in reading Lenin and becoming more active in communist circles. There is the fantasy that someone's going to swoop in and save us. But the truth is, a lot of us are just floating out there hoping. We're hoping, we're hoping, we're hoping. Hope isn't going to help us. Not on its own. We need to galvanize that hope. We need to use it to push back. And that, I think, is the real crux of, of what we're saying here. Pushing back is important. It is needed. It must happen. We are so tolerant of these evil ideologies, these fascist tendencies. We've become so used to them. Many of us born in America, I, I was born in 91, we're, we're born into a system of fascism already being fairly well established. I, I don't know exactly the year I would ascribe to the United States turning that way, but certainly if you study your history around the 50s, <clears throat> McCarthyism there, America really began to turn on itself. I think more than in the past. I'm a pretty his historically focused man. I love my history. I will never claim to know it all. So again, I welcome uh, different opinions. But yes, I, I think that it, around the 1950s, uh, America really took some some darker turns. I, I don't even think this country was established with good intentions. First of all, that's a whole other episode. But for this, I want to say I think things got notably darker in the 50s. It's a time, well, I guess looking at it, how can we not say that? As socialist sympathizers, as communist sympathizers, how can we not look at the 1950s and say, wow, you really did decide that it was all about the singular individual and not at all about the group cause. In that time, we really, when we're targeting communism, when we start attacking the idea of a utopian society under communism, I think you clearly have to be going down a dark path to do that. Because if you're saying that the ideals of working together, of sharing resources, 
of mutual education, of enlightening the masses. If you're saying that all of those things, the idea of pushing people into a brighter future, if you're demonizing that, I, I would say you are working against human nature. That, and again, you're, you're creating something dark. You're pushing us backwards. You want us regressive. You want people poor. You want people uneducated. You want people working low-end to dead-end jobs. You don't want people finding hope. That all sounds like an authoritarian, totalitarian, like fascist hellscape, in my opinion. Like that is the apocalypse movie, right? These the, the, the things that our GOP right now are pushing is literally the handmaid's tale for those that have seen that TV show. They want take, to take away women's rights to you know any control over their body. They want to force people to be breeders. They are very open about these terms and wording, too. They're very much treating us like cattle at this stage. Should we be shocked? Is that not obviously the end or the, the you know, the, the tail end of late stage capitalism? Why not just brand us all with a, a QR code on the back of our neck? And I mean, is that the next thing? Ugh, that's scary. I mean, that's not even the most effective way to do it, being honest. But um, big yikes, big yikes. Uh, and what's to stop that? I mean, honestly, at this stage with the, the GOP going the direction they are, you know, we can we can criminalize a woman who miscarries a, a child. You know, she has legitimate health problem and the baby is uh, does not survive. We can now prosecute her for failure to birth. <clears throat> Please tell me how this does not sound like a hellscape. To be positive, though, communism is being pushed. <laughs> I'm seeing people react to this hellscape so negatively people are starting to wake up our job as people that are listening as people that may have uh, longer ties longer interests maybe you've been exposed to theory somewhat maybe it's your time to start reading it with us go this is it we need to act now we need to get active now we started off by saying look there's these gop groups they're established, they're funded, they've got these church congregations that serve as their paramilitary groups. I mean, that's kind of sort of effective what it is, right? We've got the Proud Boys out there, we got all these other militia groups, and they all galvanize under this idea that white are the best, uh, Christianity is the best, and if you're, oh, and being straight is the best, and if you're not like those three things, you should die, right? That's, that's their marching orders. They're very blunt about it. So we've got this big establishment how do we combat that? Well, we need vanguard parties. We need these network groups ourselves. We are trying to create one. Full disclosure, we have what we're calling the Pioneer Program. It is a $5 a month paid program. It's not a full open door access thing. We've tried a little bit of that in the past and we wanted to do something very different so that it was focused on really dedicated members that could actually like help us sustain our efforts. If you are interested in joining that, uh, we have a coffee page. It is ko-fi.com forward slash Kyle Paranormal. It's my hashtag or my uh, username, I'm sorry, on all kinds of different platforms from Instagram to Twitter to TikTok. Kyle Paranormal is the place to, to find me. That is our coffee page. $5 a month gets you access to our Pioneer program. This month we uh, of June, we are working on getting people planting. We're working on getting people growing their own gardens. We're getting people out there growing cucumbers because it's something fairly easy to do in the United States. Uh, it gets people connecting with their roots and practicing something we very well are likely going to need in the next couple months. Sustainable gardening, sustainable people taking care of their own houses. 
Now, if you're outside of the country, I don't know if this sounds strange to you. Maybe you're used to having a family garden. In the United States, we are not. For a long time, oops, I'm just kicking my desk, sorry. For a long time, we have deprioritized or de-emphasized people doing it themselves. We have really become a strong service. I think we would be considered a service economy where we really just want people to go to the store and buy it and not really care to do it themselves. It's just, it's the capitalist way. I mean, why why let people grow, why encourage people to grow their own crops when we get to, you know, have them pay us a lot more for it? Gross. So we're trying to combat that. My friend Pagan, uh, Brittany, who's on the, the podcast with me, she did Chaos and Shadow, my other show. She is taking the lead on these pioneer letters here. And this first one is just absolutely awesome. She goes into all the steps, everything you're going to need to grow your first cucumbers. Later in the year, we're going to pickle them to practice preserving. Next month, though, the thing I really want to shout out to these, this, this group, I think you'll be most interested. Next month, we are doing activities for like teenagers and young adults, getting people motivated in their local governance in the U.S. Specifically, we've got this amazing scavenger hunt set up for folks. We want people out there getting themselves registered to vote, getting informed, getting educated. This whole pioneer program builds off of the Soviet and Chinese model for young pioneers. Uh, getting people into a Marxist-Leninist ideology earlier on. I've already had some uh, communist pushback. One person was like, this seems highly dangerous that you're creating your own program. And I looked at their profile and I was like, oh, you're just red fash and you're not even trying. So look out for people that are trying to demotivate you. Look out for people who are trying to tell you you're not doing enough. Those people have your worst interest at heart. And maybe not just your own worst interest, but that of the working class. To be advocating that you do nothing or to be advocating that you shouldn't try, to advocate that your efforts aren't worth even demonstrating, that is the enemy of what we need. We need motivation. We need purpose. We need direction. Direction is one of the things that I've been asking for for the longest time, hoping that the left may galvanize under Trump's administration, thinking that we might get some serious ability to punch back. But we've seen that the mechanisms as they currently stand just don't deliver. They don't have sharp enough teeth to take care of uh, the actual fascists in power. And it's going to be up to us. So let's get active together. If you would like to join us, I mentioned a path you can do it. That is through our coffee page. However, if you would like to get interested or active outside of that, if you cannot afford $5 a month to join us, we do have a, a big Discord server, which is where a lot of this um, activity is starting to happen. We're, we're building that up right now. So if you want to get access to that, that's through the coffee page. Um, but we still, I'm still on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Kyle Paranormal, and I also have Kyle Communist. You can reach out to me on either. I'm there. I'm accessible. Let's talk. If you want to get organized, if you want to bring something to the table, let's talk there too. If you're someone that really wants to get active in that gilded, or I'm sorry, the Discord server we have, and you can't afford that $5 a month, it's honestly worth asking me because I think what we're going to start doing here too is we're going to start onboarding people that have skills that can be active in the community right away. Our audience is amazing. They've already started sharing pictures of their gardens. They've already been talking. They brought such good ideas. They were the ones, again, that brought this idea of community network to the table. They said, look, we need to start sharing uh, our general 
addresses? What cities are people in? How can we start leveraging each other to take immediate action now? Well, the Revelator Pioneer Program certainly serves as a launching pad. And if you would like to join us, we would be honored. Please hit me up, Instagram, Twitter, go straight to the page and sign up. Your choice, any of those will work. Our website is revelatornetwork.com. What does revelator mean? It's actually a religious word. It means the revealer of truth. Kind of picked that because it's a, it's kind of a big middle finger to the idea of religion, isn't it? Now, I didn't choose that so much under a communist lens, so much as a paranormal explorer lens, but it is fun that it works regardless. Uh, the idea of cutting through the mistruth, cutting through the hatred, the, the spite that's out there, reminding people we must work together. We have to. It's the only way forward. It's our only strength as humans. We don't have claws. We don't have fangs. We don't have poison or camouflage. Human strength, it's working together. It's building community. Innovation happens under any system. People are smart. People are active. People are motivated. We can really share that amongst ourselves. The naturally active people can help guide the people that are a little lost and confused. And I'll be honest with you, there are many days I wake up a little lost and a little confused. And I rely on my friends that are out there. I get on and I talk and I start feeling momentum again. Just know that you're not alone and don't stay alone. I think next time we should talk about my experience trying to join up with a larger communist party. There's a lot of concern I have in a big group out there. I said in the last episode that I wouldn't name them, but I think it's time we do. I see them sharing a lot of Kremlin propaganda, and that in itself is anti-communist, and it has me very worried. Thank goodness their numbers are pretty small. I've, I've heard from uh, their own people that like their state count might only be six, so we can, we can beat them. But uh, there's a, a rather popular communist party out there in the U.S. that has... Hmm, if they got their way, they might be saying they want statues of Lenin, but if they had power, I'm pretty sure they would be destroying them. So let's talk. Let's get thinking. Let's get active. Let's get organized. Until next time, everybody, stay safe and get in touch. Bye-bye. One quick final addition for those at the end. This podcast is supported exclusively by listeners like you. If you could do the greatest favor, it would be appreciated. We love five-star reviews. And in fact, I don't think I've got any for this show. This podcast was kind of grafted onto another podcast feed of mine. So it's got older reviews for a relevant, like a gaming show we used to do. Um, if you could give a five-star review below, that would be absolutely amazing. I'd love to see some inspiring words, things you'd like to see me improve upon, because let's do it. I really, really want to start getting people involved with the show, uh, maybe making this something more formal. My other podcast, Chaos and Shadow, has gotten to a really nice place where every Monday I have a rotating guest from about four to five of my friends. They'll always come by, bring a, a topic, and we'll discuss that in detail. It allows us to have an ongoing conversation. That's something brand new. We only just started in June. So I've got really cool ideas for where I might want to go with the show. Um, if you're a person out there that has a lot to say about communism or socialism, maybe you talk about union work or something similar, I am super open to that. Like I said, reach out. If you want to leave a five-star review, that'd be beautiful. And sharing the show with friends, once we get our, uh, our direction a little, more, more, a little bit more formalized, uh, I'd, I'd love to see that. Sharing it out, getting it into people's ears, that is what podcasting is all about. 
Uh, maybe we can even return a little bit to Twitch and do some of these live. Uh, I'm not sure if a live audience would be a really cool way to go about it. I uh, These kind of are just brain dumps right now, just me unloading my thoughts and trying to share some educational material at the same time. So I don't know what that would be like in a live space, but I would really, really like to get active with our audience again, really get to chatting and expanding my own worldviews. So let me know. Like I said, drop a line, leave a comment, leave a... Uh, a really cool review, and that would be amazing. Thank you, and enjoy your day.